Fred Ricciani, the Sports Courier Podcast. I am just reading here some of the comments that Dean Ambrose made to Chris Jericho on Tuesday's Talk is Jericho podcast. Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, real name Jonathan Good, did his first real interview as an out-of-character interview with Chris Jericho following his departure from WWE, following his all-elite wrestling debut on Double or Nothing. He had a whole lot to say right here. So I'm going to talk about that. Also going to go over some of the wrestling news here on this week's podcast. You can, of course, watch on Facebook.com slash The Sports Courier, YouTube.com slash The Sports Courier, or you can watch it on demand on both video sites along with listening to it on demand on SoundCloud and all major podcast sites like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So anyway, let's get to some of the news. First and foremost, I am so glad that Rachel Evers, who's a WWE NXT star, is okay. She is the daughter of Precious Paul Ellering and a very impressive young wrestler. And she was hit by a drunk driver. Thankfully, she's okay. But it was a straight-up hit-and-run incident. Thankfully, she was able to chase the guy and get a picture of his license plate and his face. And she is okay. She tweeted out she's all right. And hopefully, the authorities will find the prick that hit her there. WWE's ratings went up a little bit, at least on the SmackDown side. uh, 5% from last week. Raw on Monday... Did okay, but okay by the really, really low standards of WWE today. Still one of the lowest rated Raws of all time. And a pretty damn terrible Raw that featured 50 straight minutes of no wrestling. 50. No, I'm not counting the Shane McMahon match where he beat up Roman Reigns' cousin Lance Anoa'i, who's who's awesome, by the way, and I'm glad he got a shot on Raw, but ugh. Let's look at the WWE Super Showdown card that I'm sure every person is looking forward to taking place in Saudi Arabia. Say that sarcastically if you didn't already pick it up. Currently, the card is Triple H versus Randy Orton, Goldberg versus The Undertaker in 2019, Braun the Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor versus Andrade for the Intercontinental Championship, Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon. That'll put the butts in the seats. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship. Yeah, that's a real match. Get this. I can't believe I'm reading this to you. This is a pay-per-view universal title match. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. I'm going to repeat it again. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, who won a fatal four-way elimination match by only having one elimination. It was a fatal four-way with Miz, Strowman, Lashley, and Corbin. Strowman and Lashley brawled in the outside. They were never officially counted out or disqualified. But I guess in WWE land, they're automatically written off. And then Baron Corbin hit the Miz and pinned him 1-2-3 to get the pin. Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins. I'm going to say it again for all the Baron Corbin fanboy dorks out there. He's a perfectly proficient professional wrestler. Okay, There's a lot of NFL players that are perfectly proficient. There's some quarterbacks that are borderline proficient. Doesn't mean they should start over Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan or a lot of the other better to great NFL quarterbacks, okay? There's some guys that are, that, that are on uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors that are proficient. Doesn't mean they should start over Seth Curry, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Hell, they might even be able to start over Seth Curry, for that matter. Jeez. I, I've said enough about Baron Corbin. We have Lars Sullivan... The giant racist taking on the Lucha House Party, Kalisto, Grand Metalik, and Lince Dorado in a three-on-one handicap match. 
because Vince McMahon's tone deaf and he wants to put a giant racist against three Hispanic dudes. So that'll probably go over well. I'm sure the Hispanic dudes will get the comeuppance on, on Lars Sullivan. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Vince McMahon didn't book these three men to get destroyed by the crazy uh, message board troll that claims he's a reformed man despite posting this stuff in his mid-20s. And lastly, we have a 50-man battle royal. Why? I don't know. But we have a 50-man battle royal. And I'm kind of sad because I actually enjoyed the Greatest Royal Rumble, and it's not the Greatest Royal Rumble. It's just a 50-man random battle royal. Okay. Now... On to the real story, which is what Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley, had to say about WWE. Actually, before I get to that, in response to last week's podcast, I was going to say thank you, everybody, for listening in on the sad tragedy of Ashley Massaro, the alleged sexual assault that took place that was that, that she claimed in her sworn affidavit that was unsealed after her death. WWE has since made a statement, and they actually made, made a statement not only to the media, but they had their attorney, Jeremy McDivitt, actually reach out to Dave Meltzer, and essentially, to give you guys a kind of a nutshell of what was said, WWE says that never took place. They were never aware of anything that took place. There was never a meeting that took place to discussing the assault, the alleged assault. There was never a meeting by, by, with Vince McMahon and Ashley Massaro saying, hey, don't report this. And Ron Simmons and Jimmy Hart, who were with Ashley Massaro around the time after that incident occurred, claimed they didn't know what happened. And Maria Canellis, according to the lawyer, does not recall. Obviously, still not a good look for WWE, but here's some other crazy news. In three weeks, according to Maria Canellis herself, her contract, Mike Canellis, aka Mike Bender, her husband's contract, are both up in three weeks. Now, I don't know if WWE is going to tack on more time because they have these weird Fugazi independent contractor contracts aren't real independent contractor contracts because, you know, they're, they're anal about this and they'll tack on another year like they did with Luke Harper. I don't know if WWE is going to try to resign him considering they're not doing anything with him. I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting to see if Maria says anything about the incident in her own words, not through a statement, not through through you know WWE PR whatever uh, in, in three weeks. I, I'm not claiming she's withholding any information. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, but uh, at the very least, I think it'd be nice to hear from her. And if she just straight up says, "Hey, you know, I didn't know anything about it. That didn't happen." It might not be the answer a lot of people like, but at least she'd be on record making some type of statement. So hopefully that's the case. And obviously I'm interested to see where she's going to go and where Mike Bennett's going to go because they were a, a great act in TNA, a great act in ROH. And hey, ROH could use some talent right now. So we will see what happens there. But John Moxley went on the Talk is Jericho podcast. I, I, I wanna, I'm going to recap this, but I'm going to strongly encourage you guys to go listen to the podcast as well. When Chris Jericho's the most downloaded episode, and I thought he did a great job here. So John Moxley said, "Hey, you know, I, I had a lot of great times at WWE. They made me a man. Uh, I met my wife there, uh, and I, I just want to—I want to thank them so much. You know, nothing but but gratitude." Now let's bury them for the next two hours. He said that as a joke, but it did not turn out to be a joke. So here's some main uh, points here. John Moxley said that he—he's never been happier. And that, and that he's just so happy right now, and he loves his wife, and if things ever get too complicated, he's happy to just uh, hop in a van and just move on out of here and, 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 and drive around with his wife and just do, do his thing. He, he was very happy that he got to do uh, all the, all the Make-A-Wish stuff. He said that that was a blessing in addition to meeting his wife. 
He said that in July 2018, when he was on the shelf with his torn tricep and he had that staph infection, that's when he knew, you know what? I'm probably going to leave WWE. He talked about it a, a few times when he, he wanted to change a promo. And, and, and he'd be like, Vince, he'd have to go through all the different writers and red tape. And he kind of walked everybody through the creative process, which is not a great process to begin with. Essentially, a writer, will, a writer you might not even know, if you're Dean Ambrose, hands you a script. They tell you to read it. You have to ask if something looks ridiculous, like everything did that they gave Dean. He asks for it changed. They end up saying, well, you know, we got to get this approved by Vince. Then, then you got to get approved by Vince. Vince would re- rewrite a script for him personally. Then Dean Ambrose would have to go to Vince's office, wait 45 minutes to an hour, maybe more to talk to him, and then have to convince, well, Vince, why this is stupid. And there was an incident where and a, Dean intimate, John intimated that this was essentially happening all the time. He'd go to Vince's office. Vince, this, this is stupid. I sound like an idiot. But it's you. It sounds like you. But, 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 but I, I sound like an idiot. And then Vince would go, this is good shit. This is great shit. You're, you're going to love it. And essentially, this was Dean Ambrose's life for the next God knows how many freaking years ever since he broke up with The Shield. You may recall once he, when he originally broke up with The Shield in 2014, he had a pretty serious character. Fast forward to 2015 forward, the lunatic fringe kind of became you know more or less a comedy character, even during some of those uh, serious title runs with the Deadly B title and, and everything else. He said, so then uh, he said right here, he told two stories. The first day was when he physically looked at the calendar and he, he said, I started counting down the days I had left in WWE. And then the other time was when I absolutely knew I was gone. He said the first time he felt like, man, I, I really need to start counting down the days was when he was in LA for Raw and he was supposed to challenge Seth Rollins to, to fight him. And there, there was one promo where, uh, and I remember specifically, he was insulting Los Angeles and calling them stinky and smelly. And then it included a line about uh, Roman Reigns' leukemia. And, and Vince McMahon convinced Dean to say it. He said it, and as, he, as soon as he said it, he immediately, immediately regretted it. And then there, w- there was another time where somebody wrote a promo for him. And they wanted him to, to write some, some goofy crap. And if you may recall in the Wade, original report, which I think was from Wade Keller about Dean Ambrose leaving WWE or, or you know, soon to be leaving WWE at the time, you know, the, the one of the quote that they had was Dean Ambrose hates that quote goofy crap. And he mentioned goofy crap in this interview. And uh, there was one incident where apparently there was an even worse line that they wrote about Roman Reigns and leukemia in a separate promo. And it was so offensive that he didn't want to say it on, on the Talk is Jericho podcast. He, he, he didn't want to tell fans. He didn't want to tweet it out. He was just like, you know what? Like, this is ridiculous. And the person who wrote this should be ashamed of themselves. He told Vince McMahon, I'm uncomfortable saying this. And, and Vince was like, oh, if you're uncomfortable, okay. But it just, it just absolutely, absolutely just disgusted him. It disgusted him. But the straw that really broke the camel's back for him creatively was during that Raw segment, if you guys recall correctly, when he went to the doctor and he had to get inoculated and that resulted in him getting several shots in the buttocks live on the air which was pretty damn terrible so yeah that was also bad he noted that in those promo videos for uh, John Moxley and the John Moxley Twitter handle that he didn't tweet for years he hated using Twitter 
but he ran into a, a, a few guys in LA. One social media expert who was able to change everything to his new alias, uh, the current alias, John Moxley, at midnight after his contract expi- officially expired and he was free to go. They posted this high quality video. It was actually produced and directed by former CZW wrestler and filmmaker Sick Nick Mondo, which is pretty crazy. And John Moxley is so dedicated to his craft that he spent $8,000 of his own money to produce that video, which is just, think about it. And, and this was when he was still in WWE. On his two days off, he spent filming, which is just crazy to think about. Spent $8,000 of his own money. I know he's make, he was making good money in WWE. He talked about how his house is paid for, his car was paid for, his, his mom's house is paid for. It's great, but this is a guy who clearly seems to be motivated by the art. So he said that WWE takes wrestling from you. Wrestling is his first love, and he, he says he finally has it back. He said he was excited to come back when he returned from injury, but he kept picturing himself in other places like Japan. And by the way, this weekend, he will be wrestling uh, Juice Robinson for the United States Championship in Japan for New Japan Pro Wrestling. His AEW contract allows him to do that, which is pretty cool. And later in June, he's actually going to be wrestling in Northeast Championship Wrestling. So he's going to be doing a, a whole lot of dates and then... Probably come the fall, it's, it's most likely going to be the majority of it exclusive to AEW since, of course, he's one of their top stars. He's probably getting paid some of the, mo- the, the most money or has one of the biggest contracts, even though he said it's not about the money. I mean, let's face it. He's, he's John Moxley. He's Dean Ambrose. He costs a pretty penny. And, of course, they're going to be on TNT. They're going to want him on there every week. He said whether AEW was around or not, he was leaving WWE, and he didn't care if he had to train his own opponents. That's how badly he wanted to leave WWE. He did straight up say at one point, Vince, well, several points, Vince McMahon's creative process makes no sense. It's broken. And, and at the end of the podcast, he said, hey, Vince, your creative process sucks. Change it. And what's notable is he didn't say anything bad at all about Triple H, like at all. But he did say that at the end of his run in WWE and, and on his last night during the Shield's last stand, he was paid a whopping $500 which is like what they the money they give extras $500. He said he would have called and complained but he found it amusing and was just like, you know, whatever. He didn't care at that point. And even after he was done with with the shield, Vince McMahon still called him and was like, "Hey, can you do the European tour? The Shield's last stand in Europe." And he's like, "No. Call Dave Batista, call Brock Lesnar, call Kurt Angle, whatever." He said that Vince McMahon has a millionaire's complex where they can buy anything, but they couldn't buy him. He said that he got a, a revised contract from WWE, wanted him to stay. He, he gave it right back. He didn't even look at it. And he says that's why, Bro- that's why Vince McMahon pays Brock Lesnar millions of dollars to ruin his show. I disagree with him there because I actually think Brock Lesnar's pretty great. Uh, look, Brock's just taking the money. He's just doing his thing. You know, I, I, don't, I don't get the Brock Lesnar hate. I know he had a bad experience with him at WrestleMania 32. Hey, it, it is what it is, but that, that's his opinion. He said he didn't think Diddy would keep him on TV after he told him he was leaving, but instead they kept him on TV and they gave him this amazing send-off even though he didn't really want it. And, and he said really it, it's kind of... He kind of hinted it's like subjective because one day they were burying him, one day they weren't. He said he had no issues taking a bump for Nia Jax, but it was just, it was just weird. They didn't know where it was going. He was just as confused as all of us when EC3 beat him, only for EC3 to lose to him the next week. And he kind of hinted this, but essentially, it sounds like EC3 stopped getting pushed by WWE because he got Dean Ambrose cheered. Even though fans were given no reason to actually cheer EC3 in the first place. So now Moxley's goal is 
to prove that WWE's creative process sucks and it doesn't work and that AEW's does. And, and they're not necessarily trying to go to war with WWE, but he wants to prove that Vince McMahon's creative process sucks. And if by proxy of AEW doing well, Vince McMahon tweaks some things or changes his creative process or, or eventually dies, he didn't say that part, but you know, he essentially said Vince McMahon has to die in order to lose power. You know, that'd be a benefit. Not the dying part, but you know, maybe Vince McMahon... Uh, change it changes some things and he says he's not motivated by money he's motivated by creative freedom and he wants to be the best version of himself all in all man i mean he, he made a hell of an impression on on the show i encourage you guys to go listen to it on uh, the talk is jericho podcast he came up very down to earth uh, a guy who loves wrestling and it makes me feel good to know that for all these years you and i have been complaining about his character especially dean ambrose fans like myself john moxley fans like myself all this time always oh, too goofy Oh, this is stupid. Oh, this and that. And the whole freaking time, he felt the same way. So what does that tell us? That tells us that when people are speaking out about the creative process and crapping on it, y'all need to listen to them. Because WWE, from top to bottom, has an incredibly talented roster. He said this on the show too. Amazing roster. Such an amazing roster. Yet they have a horrific creative process run by an out-of-touch 73-year-old billionaire. And look, kudos to him. He is a billionaire. But... He didn't become a billionaire by accident. And let's keep it real here. Any billionaire, okay? I don't care if it's wrestling, Facebook, whatever. They don't get there alone. They don't get there without the help of some loyal soldiers, some real workers. And in the case of a company like WWE, where talent is everything, okay? Vince McMahon ain't a millionaire or a billionaire without the talent. So I don't want people to hear people be like, oh, well, he owes them this. or owes that. Nobody owes you anything, my friends. If you put in the work... If you pay your dues, if you bust your freaking ass, you don't quote unquote owe anybody a damn thing. And that's why that's what I took out of the Dean Ambrose interview. I don't know. It, it, it's gonna get to a point, I feel like, where Vince McMahon's gonna get too old to run WWE. And maybe when he's like 80 or something, maybe when he's spread thin with the XFL in 2020. And, and I think it's gonna get to the point where he's gonna be forced out by the shareholders, at least as far as like in a public facing role, because father time is absolutely undefeated. And we're somebody like Vince that doesn't sleep a whole lot, that's a micromanager, that's neurotic, that's freaking crazy, that is eventually going to catch up to you. And frankly, it, it is. I mean, here we have the one fun thing that Deddy B gave us on, on Monday, which was Brock Lesnar coming out with this Money in the Bank briefcase with a boombox. Like, it has fake speakers on it, and he's dancing and having fun, but he's still scary He's Brock Lesnar. We have the one fun thing, which is Brock Lesnar and the intrigue of him cashing in or not cashing in. And Stephanie McMahon releases a statement in storyline saying that they're going to confront Lesnar on Raw for disrespecting the WWE. Because if there's one thing we need more right now in WWE, it's the Mick frickin' Mans. I wish Dean Ambrose the very best, John Moxley the very best. What do you think about the John Moxley interview? What the hell do you think does that say about WWE and the creative process? Do you think there's any hope in sight? Let me know. Leave a comment below. Tweet us, Facebook us. Do what you got to do. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please like, share, Take care. Don't forget to subscribe. Feel free to tell your friends to subscribe. And as always, enjoy the match.